This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Coach Jen from Ocala, Florida. And I am Jamie Jennings from Phoenix, Arizona. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for March 14th, episode 1892, brought to you by Horselovers.com. Good morning, Horse World. Big Wednesday, the day you face your own biggest challenge. The day you risk it all. The day you either distinguish yourself or fade into the crowd. Hang on, we're hitching a ride. Daddy, I want another pony. I put 40 hours in this weekend, man, it's only Wednesday. I've been cussing this damn heat all day long, there's got to be another way. Do I pick up my guitar and I write a song? Everybody hears and they sing along. Hey, hey. It's a heyday. Hello, everybody. Oh, my gosh. Okay, let me paint a picture for you, Jen. Okay. Ready? Ready. It is 6.05 a.m. my time. Okay, it's completely pitch black outside. And, um, it, it, you know, I, as much as I should be complaining about the fact that it's really early and you know, whatever. I'm enjoying this little bit of quiet time that I have before Chad's 15 family members descend upon my home in about Uh three hours. (laughs) 15 family members, plus a couple of family members of mine as well. So I'm going to be Zen this morning. I'm going to be calm and I'm going to be in a good mood. Okay. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> and just know that I will not be here Friday. And it's, uh, you know, I was going to do this, try to do the show Friday. And then I just realized I would, I, I would come at you. Wh- I'd come at you way too aggressively. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to lay back on Friday <laughs> and take the morning off, nurse a hangover most likely, and um, be a good Air Force wife for the rest of the weekend. So I'm going to be horse chick right now. I've got the vet coming out for Duke uh, in, at 8 o'clock this morning. Bless his little heart. Duke's not feeling very good. So I'm keeping you guys up to date. Aww. Horses. Uh, stuff too. So Duke's not feeling very good. So vet's coming out. And then once the vet leaves, all hell breaks loose. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) There's like nine children coming. Wow. So is everybody staying at your place? So you guys know that my next door neighbor moved away. And so I've been using their pasture. Well, now we've rented their home (laughs) as well. So... You've taken that whole horse people taking over the taking over the neighbors' places to keep their spare yes. horses to a whole new level. Yes. <laughs> I know it's it's hell, and you know they're super nice. Um, until I realized, and so Pink, my broodmare, has been living next door, and so I found this thoroughbred online. I've been wanting to give Jen the update. His name is Dublin Day. He actually raced on Monday. And I, I didn't see the race, but I checked it out and he came in dead last. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> that dead last, that is the horse that I need. And I've been 
drooling over this horse and dreaming of this horse. And it officially is not going to happen. Officially. Officially. Because April 1st, I have to have Pink out of there. They're renting their house out. How dare they? They didn't even ask me if they could rent out their house. (laughs) And they're renting it to people that have horses. So I have to get my horse off the property, which means I'm going to have nine on my property, when you, the, nine horses on my three acres. It is all hell is breaking loose. So officially, <laughs> like right now, Precious Magic Gallop Jennings is up for sale because I cannot handle Pink might be for sale. I don't know what's going to happen. I cannot handle all these horses. It's way too many. I have a client that wants to bring a horse here and board it. That's not happening. We are in panic mode here at Flyover Farm. So You know what this is? This is the universe forcing you to cleanse your equine population. That's what this is. Do you? What do I do? I mean, I can't. Like, I have Thor and Zeus, my two Mustangs. Thor you, is used for riding lessons, like, all the time. Zeus is my little show horse. Zara is a yearling. She's my dream horse that I've bred and fold and I'm raising and going to train and show. She's, like, this long-term. She's the long con. And so we've got those three that are mine. Then I've got Magic that's a training horse that I was going to train and practice with. And she's now, you know, she's got to be sold. Then I have two boarders. And then I have Duke, who's 22 years old. And Chili, who's like 23. Where are they going to go? Nowhere. They're staying with me forever. What What would you do, Jen? What would you do? Um, Ask the new <laughs> renters if they've got any spare space when they move in. Maybe they only have one horse. Yeah, no, they're moving in with three horses. Oh, I dang! Know. I already asked that. <laughs> Would they like a pasture mate for their... <laughs> no, plans out the door. no, they don't. Okay. <laughs> so well, if any listeners have any suggestions yeah. or anybody's wanting to adopt little precious Magic Gal Jennings, she can be yours uh, for an adoption fee. So uh, just send me a message, jamie at horseradionetwork.com, please. <laughs> or if anybody needs a broodmare pink and I can... If it's a black colt, I get the baby. Okay. <laughs> Because that's the thing is like I'm breeding her this week and like I could sell her in full to Rubignon and have this night, you know, give her like a really nice home. But what if it comes out of black colt? I would kick myself for the rest of my life. See? Oh, God. Equestrian first world problems. I have too many horses and not enough space. (laughs) (laughs) Let's find out what we're doing on today's show. By the way, Glenn is not here because he's talked to us about about Glenn. Um, Glenn, Glenn is not feeling up to speed today. He's feeling a little limey. So he's, uh, he's over there struggling through spreadsheets as near as I can tell. See, that's the kind of brain that man has. It pisses me off. He can feel like shit and barely be able to put a sentence together and yet do spreadsheets. Um, you can't use the S word in the first 10 minutes of the show. (laughs) (laughs) That's at the end of the show only, (laughs) but we'll cut that out later. I think that maybe um, the thing with Glenn is maybe you shouldn't let him do any math when he's having a Lyme's disease. See, that's the thing, though. He can do math when he's feeling... He can barely put a sentence together and he can do math. I can barely do math when I've got a calculator, all my fingers and toes, and a pencil. (laughs) Not fair. I I don't do math ever, so that's why I married a math major. So that is one thing that... You know, you share the responsibilities in a marriage. Jen, that's what you're doing. That's what we did. There we go. Hey, Jemmy, are you still there? Bless your heart. I'm still here. (laughs) All right, guys. On today's show. Yeah. On today's show, Dr. Rachel Gardner talks about biosecurity in the Purity Mills health segment. 
We have bad advice for horse people by horse people that will have us all guessing. Sally from Heels Down Magazine joins us for some hot topics, including Nick Roldan. Mm -hmm. And Jamie reads the second half of Chapter 22 of The Opium Equation. So you don't want to miss any of it. It's a packed show. Getting juicy. As always today. Guys, I know. And speaking of today, in honor of our missing Glenn the Geek, let's celebrate the nerdy holiday that today is 3.14. It's pie day. So go do some random equations while eating yourself a slice or two of pie. Oh, I'm getting pie today. Okay, no, dude, seriously, I just bought two pies at Costco for the for the party tomorrow after Chad's flight. Do you know how hard it is for me to have two giant pies in my fridge and not eat them? Oh my god, I'm dying. (gasps) So pie's not vegan. Uh-oh. No, I, it's just the point of I'm having to wait on the pie. Oh. I have to wait till the party. <laughs> what kind of you bought, what kind of pie did you go with? Costco had these cherry pies and apple pies. And so, uh, you know, I haven't met a pie that I don't like. So, oh, okay. um yeah, that, either one sounds amazing. Yeah. All right. Um I think anyway, so uh, daily winning time. Yeah. I think it is. Come on, button. Oh, is that my turn for dinner? You, you go first, yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm not prepared for that. You go. Players. Okay. I could go first. Bumper. I got mine all planned out. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, my daily Winnie goes out to everyone in the Cedra chat Facebook page. Cedra is the Southeast Distance Riding Association. It's a local um, endurance and distance riding asso- uh, group. And I joined the Facebook page the other day and was asking a million and one questions about endurance rides because I'm still trying to get to my very first endurance ride ever. And I'm completely confused about what happens. And they all jumped in and said, here, call me on my phone number and here I'll come visit you and I'll help with you there. And this is how you camp. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Is this going to lead us into the next segment that we're doing today, which is bad advice for horse people by horse people? (laughs) Or are they actually helping you? They've been very helpful, actually. Yes, because part of the part of the tricky of this is I've never taken Nigel anywhere overnight and endurance rides require overnight because there's so much that has to happen. And um, I'm a little. Do you think? Go ahead. Go ahead. I, mean, I was just going to say, maybe you think you should practice traveling overnight with him <laughs> before you enter. Well, where the heck do I go? You know, <laughs> tie him up to a line. Tie him up in your backyard. Line. Actually, the the venue I'm going to try to go to has stalls. Oh, yeah. then you're fine. But I'm not familiar with the venue layout. I because and it's it's all very loosey goosey because 98 percent of the people who go every year have been there before. You know, so it kind of works. Yeah. Like that. But thanks for answering all my dumb questions, guys. Yeah. Sorry, I wasn't prepared for my daily Winnie. I started talking about Duke a little bit and then it threw me off because he was going to be my daily Winnie. So I'll give it back to him. So um, Duke is a horse that you guys know is big giant buckskin that I actually bought sight unseen from a listener. She sent me videos and uh, Betty and, um, I don't know what's going on, Jen. It's like he came in the other day and he's like, like, like moving his mouth around really weird and like grinding his teeth now. And, and he's had, um, a very low grade fever for about a week. Uh Oh, 
uh, off and on though, like not uh, one Oh two last night, but then the, I've been taking it every day for a week and then it's like 98 degrees and then 97, nine. And then the next day is one Oh one point nine. So I very yeah, like up and down low grade, uh, thing. We actually, uh, there's a veterinarian that's on the line right now. So I'm talking about my horse who the vet's coming out for in an hour. <laughs> so different vets though, not the same one. I know, I know. Um, so anyway, he's going to get some, get an exam today and bless his little heart. So think happy thoughts about Duke and hopefully he'll, uh, he'll have no major. It's so funny. Cause my husband is like, you, you, what you're having the vet out again. Like it's for Duke. And he's like, but, and I go, leave the horse stuff to me. Just stop. <laughs> I've been able to put the brakes on a couple times by using that. I don't know yes. how many times I have that. I need that, to use but... that more. I do. Yeah. Just, just, shh, shh, just shh, leave it to me. Stop. <laughs> See, whenever well, I have a computer question, Glenn says, oh, just give me the mouse. I can't explain it. And he just takes the mouse and does whatever it needs to do. So I have to start using that technique. Just <laughs> leave it to me. Take your hand off the lead rope. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like it <laughs> a lot. Give me the checkbook. Give me the lead rope. Whatever. Fill in the blank. Give yeah. me the blank. I like that a lot. Well, well it's that time. Uh, it's horse health time. And this week's health segment is brought to you by Purina Mills. You know, greatness never ages, as Duke would tell you. So help your senior horses live their best with Purina Senior Horse Feeds. It has active age, a proprietary prebiotic proven through years of research to support your senior horse's aging immune system. And you can learn more by going to purinamills.com backslash active age. And active age, by the way, is spelled A-C-T-I-V-A-G-E. So check it out today. Active age. Let's welcome Dr. Rachel Gardner to the show. Hi, Dr. Gardner. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. How, where in the world are you? I am in Oldwick, New Jersey. Oh, wow. Is it really lovely and balmy? Are you in like a tank top right now? I'm so it's... ready for spring. I cannot <laughs> even tell you. <laughs> Do you have snow on the ground right now? It's been pretty crazy. It has. We still have a little bit of snow on the ground. Yep. Oh my gosh. Well, springtime is coming. It's right around the corner. And since I live in Phoenix, I'm dreading spring and summer. So, uh, <laughs> everybody wants something they can't have, I'm sure. Well, we're going to talk a little bit today about biosecurity and, um, you're doing a lecture upcoming on this. So we, we thought maybe getting some tips from you would be a good idea. So, uh, first of all, what is biosecurity? It sounds very, very scary. So biosecurity is really simply just the idea of uh, things that we can do to decrease the chance of infection or disease in our horses, uh, especially in this context, we're talking about when horses are going to horse shows or in boarding stables where they may co-mingle with other horses. And so it's really the idea of trying to um, use good practices to decrease the risk of infection uh, between one horse and another and uh, decreasing the risk that multiple horses in a particular barn will be affected. What are some of the most uh, scary things that, that you see horses get infected with at, at places like this? So the most common things that we're concerned about and that we think about are, of course, as most people are fairly aware of right now, uh, due to fairly common uh, 
outbreaks recently over the last few years would be equine herpes virus, especially as we're seeing more neurologic horses and what appears to be more contagious infection or contagious viruses. So equine herpes virus, um, equine influenza or flu, which we saw last year in Florida, um, and uh, those are both uh, respiratory infections as well. Uh, coronavirus is uh, an infection that can cause fevers and diarrhea in horses and also is contagious. And then, of course, strangles, which all of us are aware of, which has been around for many, many, many years, much longer than, uh, than most of these infections. That uh, still remains a pretty common cause of infection in horses and is very, very contagious. And then less common things like salmonella, which can cause fever and diarrhea, um, and then uh, equine infectious anemia, which is very uncommon, but uh, if it occurs, it's very devastating. And that's what we test horses for routinely using the Coggins test. So those are probably the most common things we're seeing um, that we're trying to, to prevent in our horses at horse shows and places where there are lots of horses commingling. And that's a long list of very scary things. So um, what are some things that we can do to prevent some or any of these? So probably the most important things are really things that are, are hopefully fairly obvious and a lot of people probably already do. Um, those things include making sure your horse appears outwardly healthy before taking your horse off the property. Um, making sure you don't see evidence of nasal discharge. And if you do see something like that or an enlarged lymph node or swelling under the chin, if you were to see something like that, um, to, to not take your horse off property and not commingle with other horses and, and seek a veterinary exam. And then the really obvious one, of course, is making sure your horse's temperature is normal. Um, temperature is a really good indicator of infection. Some horses that have infections can have a normal temperature, so it's not 100% reliable, but certainly it's a, a very good indicator. And uh, so I would always recommend taking a horse's temperature before heading out to a horse show or to an area where there will be uh, numerous horses. Um, and then also using practices to try to limit exposure uh, as much as possible. So even if you're at a horse show where there are a lot of horses or an event, a hunter pace, there are lots of horses present, uh, limiting exposure by preventing nose-to-nose -nose contact uh, between horses, and even things like, you know, petting your own horse on the nose and then petting someone else's horse on the nose, even things that seem so innocent as that can, can prevent or can cause infection. Um, and, and other things that anything that could touch something that could pass infection from one horse to another. So whether that be um, nasal secretions for a respiratory infection or manure for an infection in the GI tract like coronavirus or salmonella. So making sure that those things don't contact um, one horse to another. So uh, even sharing a pitchfork with another person at a, a horse show from a different barn, if you're unaware of uh, the health of the horses at that barn, not sharing a pitchfork, things like that. Wow, that is uh, that one that's would not have occurred to me. The pitchfork. No, no, I would never have thought about that one. I do know that we had an outbreak of herpes virus here, and uh, everybody was heading to a horse trial. And one of the things that they did say was, "Do not graze your horse around the facility." Is that is that something you would you would suggest as well? 
Yeah, that's that's excellent advice. And and the reason for that is because, you know, if you think of a horse grazing, um, if it's respiratory secretions like uh, nasal discharge or even saliva that can um, transmit the infection, a horse grazing could easily uh, have little droplets of nasal discharge or saliva on the grass and then the next horse comes along and, and nibbles on that same grass. And so that's a really common way to spread infection and I always recommend avoiding hand grazing at horse shows for sure. We need um, to eat one hand sanitizer. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> like nose sanitizer, right? Another one that people sometimes don't think about that I harp on a lot is um, when you're watering horses and taking the hose, especially you know, in, in your normal barn at home and dipping the hose from one bucket to the next as you go down from stall to stall, uh, you know, same idea as the grazing. If there are little droplets of nasal discharge or saliva in a horse's water bucket and you dip the hose in it and then go to the next stall, that's an excellent way to, uh, to transmit mm-hmm. infection. So always keeping the hose above the level of the water. I didn't think about that either. So when a horse, like say I'm moving my horse to a new facility or somebody's moving their horse in, what are some, some easy quarantine type things, maybe for people that don't have extra barn for quarantine, you know, what are some things that people can do to keep the germs at bay for a horse just moving in? Yeah, that's a great question. And definitely important for a new horse moving into a barn, um, so even if they appear outwardly healthy, quarantining them ideally for three weeks is certainly the most ideal, but even for at least a week is useful. And those horses, if you don't have an extra barn, even if they could go in the last stall in the barn, so you're minimizing contact between them and other horses, um, or if there's, you know, say an outer shed row where they're not, uh, inside a big barn, uh, potentially contacting other horses, that's ideal. But even if they're at the end of the barn, at least you're minimizing contact. And then for those horses, I would always recommend taking their temperature twice a day and keeping a log of those temperatures. Um, And certainly handling those horses last, just in case they have some sort of infection uh, you're not aware of yet. So handling all the other horses, cleaning all the horses, other horses stalls, turning out um, before handling this horse so that um, if there is potential for infection, so respiratory secretions or manure, you're less likely to track it from this new horse to, to the resident horses. Um, and then also, you know, those horses certainly still can get turned out and things like that, but ideally they would have their own area where they're not sharing it with the resident horses. And then even other things that you may not think about, so sharing brushes or sharing tack and most certainly sharing bits. Um, making sure not to share those items between a new horse and the resident horses until that sort of semi-quarantine period is over. So as a parent, what I'm basically hearing is you keep your hands to yourself. You just stay over there. (laughs) Exactly. Keep your hands to yourself. Don't touch anything. Don't talk to anybody. Just be quiet. <laughs> Got it. And I'm you're hearing. last. No matter what, you're last. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yep. Well, doc- Dr. Gardner, talk about the upcoming lecture you're doing and where and when. So I get a lot of questions. You know, um, my cell phone number seems to be out there. So people call me and text me and call the office and have a lot of questions about 
um, biosecurity and especially if they've heard about an infection at a, a local horse show or a local barn. And I'm always very happy to answer those questions. And since I had a lot of them recently, I thought maybe I should just put something together and offer an opportunity for everybody to come listen and ask all the questions they have. So I'm just going to give a quick little maybe hour or so lecture um, on Sunday, March 25th. Uh, it'll be at 5 p.m. It will be at Redtail Farm in Bedminster, New Jersey. Uh, we needed a, needed a locale where we had a good place to uh, stash a bunch of people. So we're going to have it at Redtail Farm. Um, and it will be an opportunity to uh, hear a little bit more about each of these diseases so we know what we're looking for and a little bit more in-depth information about how to keep our horses healthy whether they're going to horse shows or not, or even, you know, if they're just in a boarding facility where there are other horses coming and going, um, talk a little bit about vaccination and how that can help prevent infection. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Gardner, for joining us and talking about this. I think it's very important. And uh, I know I definitely learned a couple of things that I need to work on a little bit better when I go places. So thank you so much for coming. Do you have a website or anything people can visit you at? We do. It's um, bwfurlong.com. Fantastic. bwfurlong.com. Thank you, Dr. Gardner. Have a great day and stay warm. Thank you. Take care. All right. Bye. Hey, did you know how to tell if your horse is a senior? Um, well, if you look at Chili, he's limping around and then, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd be right because if you guessed age... You'd be wrong. See, you're on the right track because oh, I wouldn't old. have even known how old. I can't even tell you. You how can't old even he tell, is. and you can't tell by his teeth anymore because he doesn't have any. <laughs> yeah, you can't age chili by his teeth. Bless his heart. He's got two in the top and the front, and the two in the back and bottom. That's it. And that's it. Well, not all horses age at the same rate. So the way to tell if your horse has entered his golden years, you might notice white or gray hair around his eyes and muzzle, or weight loss or low energy, decline in dental condition, ding, 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 or choppier gait due to aches and pains. Yep. There you go. Gee, okay, we've checked off the box on everything but weight loss. Everything but weight <laughs> loss. You've got them all. Well, if any of these describe your horse like it does Chili, he or she might be a senior, and it might be a good time to start him or her on Purina Equine Senior or Equine Senior Active Horse Feed. They both have Active Age, a proprietary prebiotic proven through years of research to support a senior horse's aging immune system. With Purina Equine Senior, greatness never ages. And you can learn more by visiting PurinaMills.com backslash Active Age. Dun, dun, dun. Fantastic. Thank you. That's really, uh, really, really interesting. I, I know I've been in places, <clears throat> boarded in places where you either... Hey, come on in, put your horse in the stall in the, in the middle of the barn, you know, and there's a place here in Phoenix when I moved and they were like, when I first moved here, this barn was like, yeah, we have a three week quarantine or a month long 30 day quarantine. And you have to put your horse over in those stalls and they didn't have a cover. And uh -oh. it was August and I had a dark bay from Atlanta and I just moved to Phoenix and it was one seventeen the day he arrived. And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> They're like that all horses have to spend a month in quarantine over there. And I was like, I'm not doing that. I go, you know what? My horse came with a health certificate. You're going to use that or I'm not going to, I'm not going to live here. 
So, I like you don't put a horse in 117 degree weather with no shade in uh, if Arizona when it first moves here. It was he crazy. wasn't sick before? He will be after that. <laughs> exactly, you'll kill him. He's dark bay, like wow. not bleached out at all. So just soak up that sun. Wow. Anyway, so there's definitely ways to do it and ways to not do it. Right. So, um, shocker, spoiler alert: I didn't board there very long. No. Just so you know, no. <laughs> it's like wh- whenever I've lived anywhere with board- boarding horses, I think I moved about every six months because you get to what like the romance is over after six months and you're like, we got to go. <laughs> See, you're, you're just, you're just keep the horses in the backyard gal. Yeah. I am. I, you know, I wasn't for a hundred years, but now that I have them in the backyard, I I just can't even imagine going back to boarding. So and and my my two boarders that I have have been here for like eight years, so I can't get rid of anybody. You can't get rid Go. of anybody. <laughs> well, whether you board your horse or you keep your horse at home, horselovers.com. I've been shopping again, Jamie. Oh, no. Wait, yes. i got to go to horselovers.com right now. Go yes. Ahead. Did you know that uh, you can buy a racehorse exercise saddle at horselovers.com? What? I know. Who knew? How much is an exercise saddle? Just out of curiosity. A hundred bucks. I know it's cheaper. Yeah. What? hundred bucks. Okay. Okay. That's pretty cool. If you just type in their exercise saddle, it's in there. I'm looking for an exercise saddle because Glenn doesn't know this and I know he's not listening to the show so I can say something. Um, Scooter is fat with all capital letters. F-A-T. And he needs more exercise. So I've found someone here in the neighborhood is of appropriate dimensions to ride 13-hand scooter. And uh, now I have to get him a saddle. And little little exercise saddles only have the tree in the front, so they're squishy and soft and mold well to fat pony backs. So I'm going to get him one of those so that uh, this young lady has something to sit on his back so that he can go okay. out with Nigel. Now, hackney on. ponies are ridiculously small, and yes. um, they're very hard to ride because yes. they're very quick. Yes. So... Who on earth did you find that's talented enough to ride a hackney pony? Um, that's not broke. <laughs> well, he is. He has been ridden before. We haven't ridden it, but he has been ridden uh, before. So he, he's yeah. been with you. That, that's that's coming from the person who sold you the starving hackney pony. <laughs> yeah, he's been well, let's just say this: he doesn't buck. He does lots of other things, but he doesn't buck or he doesn't buck be, buck rear or bolt, just like in a Craigslist ad. <laughs> Uh, and just like in a Craigslist ad, somebody lying to you. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the young gal's a very, very experienced rider. She rides lots of green ponies in the hunter biz. Shows she's been on lots and lots of. Is she looking ponies. for a little black thirteen plus hand pony? That I will check be with her. In adopting? I will. Okay. I will Facebook her today. Yeah. So if you go to horselovers.com, you can find exercise saddles that will fit big horses or little horses, and lots and lots and lots of other stuff. And my personal favorite are the flash sales because. You know, it's just exciting. They have a whole clearance section, too. Yeah, the, the clearance way. section. I went through the, inclear- the clearance section the other day, every single page. I think there was 90 pages. Then I had to clear my history so Glenn wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, it must be difficult being married to a geek to hide stuff in the computer. See, that's what clearing your history is all about. You have to. That's the most important button on your whole computer. I would think that if you went to sit down and you knew that your wife had been shopping at horselovers.com and then you sit down and your history has been cleared, you all got to have a talk. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like I, you wish he walked in and you're like, Oh, Oh, oh that, that, that thing. It's, it's so weird. It's like, you know, it's like a horse chick porn horse lovers.com. <laughs> I, I, wasn't, I wasn't looking at anything. <laughs> and then later on, he's like, I'm going to see what she was looking at. And the history has been cleared. Oh God. Something's <laughs> bad's happening. Bad. Oh my gosh. They have boots. Nakona boots that have the university of georgia logo on them all these they have all these boots with all these college logos on them they cool? and they're regularly 259 dollars, and they're on sale for 49.99 50 bucks mm-hmm. there you go justin half chaps are 20 dollars, and they're 170 normally <gasps> wow gosh. oh my gosh i need some new half chaps yeah. I've never tried on Justin's, huh? Guess I'll have to try them. <laughs> They're like free, Jen. Horselovers.com, <laughs> you guys. Check it out. Well, see, once I get that saddle, I've already got free shipping, so it's a free-for-all after that. I mean, exactly. Exactly. I'm, I, I always just wait for those free shipping. Like, so, Don't they have, like, over 50 bucks? The shipping's free anyway? Um, It changes periodically. I think right now it's over $99. Shipping is free, I think is what it is right now. So shipping's free for you. Yay! Thank you. Awesome. All right. Well, I think it's now officially time for. Uh oh. Let's try again. Oh, no. The file's broken. It's yeah, time it for is. bad advice for horse people by horse people. The audio's not working. My it's husband working. works so hard doing being the voice guy. I know. It's broken. Okay. So here's how this works. I search online and, and somebody and various groups like Jen will say, Hey, I need advice as far as going to camp with my horse at an endurance race. And people will write like helpful, friendly things. And then sometimes people take it upon themselves to be their own personal veterinarians and veterinarians for other people as well. So this round of questions comes from, this the this round of answers stems from this question. My TB mare, thoroughbred mare, has had horrible diarrhea for almost two to months. I have tried ulcer medicine, antibodies, and biosponge. Antibodies. <laughs> Nothing has worked. What is an antibody? <laughs> oh oh oh! Why don't ants get sick? Because they're full of antibodies. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Okay, sorry. <clears throat> I've tried ulcer medicine, antibodies, and biosponge. Nothing has worked. She is now on slippery elm to maybe help line her stomach. I don't want to keep throwing medicine at her because I need to see what is working and not working. That always takes some time. Any suggestions would be appreciated. Well, hell, they didn't disappoint because you got plenty of suggestions coming. And if you were to go through this, I, I, I think the estimated cost of this would be something close to like $460,000. <laughs> All right. So, by the way, remember the horse, the thoroughbred mare has diarrhea for almost two months and, and they've done ulcer medicine. And also biosponge and antibodies. Uh, she doesn't want to throw medicine. Okay. So here is where we start with the bad advice for horse people by horse people. Have her tested for allergies. And, and some of these, by the way, are not bad. Some of them are good. 
Give her a round of sand clear. Gastro balance by Enviro Equine. Optizyme is fantastic for this. Sand aid. Fast track. Equivision. Reaform. Digest, di- uh, digest Zen from doTERRA. Succeed. Charcoal. Try charcoal. Apples and natural yogurt. 60 milliliters twice a day. Jen, so far we've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eight, nine brand name products. <laughs> and I'm like laughing at the name of the horse people products. It's so funny. <laughs> um, the next, uh, this is the apples and natural yogurt. Okay. Now we move into, <laughs> you got to stick with me here. <clears throat> one person says switch from orchard grass to Timothy. The next person says, don't feed alfalfa. The next person says, don't feed Timothy, feed alfalfa. (laughs) The the next person says, feed only Timothy and make sure she's grazing on grass. The next person says, feed carrots or apples every day. The next person says, take her off the grain and offer Timothy hay. The next person says, change from Timothy hay to second cut grass hay. The next person says, try soaking the hay. The next person says, use hydration hay. You can get it at Tracker Supply. (laughs) The next person says, feed hay stretcher. The next person says, feed chaff hay. Chaff hay? How do you say that? I think they say it chaff. Yeah. Chaff hay. The next person says, feed her a bale of straw. What? Now that's, that's a little bit out there. That was, yeah, that was surprising. And then soak his hay soak his hay okay so if you guys if you're playing along at home we've got feed alfalfa don't feed alfalfa feed timothy don't feed timothy feed her fruit don't give her any fruit take her off the grain and offer timothy only give second cut grass hay soak the hay feed hydration hay hay stretcher bale straw chaff hay soak the hay <laughs> what utter this is going to take you 47 months to contrib- con- finish all these yeah. different things. Wow. All right, we we keep going cuz now they start to get a little Oh, there's more. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh your horse has a big botfly colony in the upper stomach lining. So treat with ivermectin and sucralfate. Next person says could be lower stomach lining inflammation and ulcers. Next person says, upper gut epithelial ulcers. Treat with GastroGuard. Ulcer guard and pumpkins is the next thing. Remember, this is this horse has diarrhea. Plain yogurt works every time. Regular size container. Give half of a whole container. What? Um, the next person says, my mare had diarrhea for a long time, and I did the same as you. I tried a bunch of different things. Nothing worked. <laughs> so she That's still has the diarrhea? <laughs> super helpful. Keeps going. Aloe vera juice. Next one. You're going to love this one, Jen. Is your horse in Florida? They have horrible water there. <laughs> and that's what causes horses to have diarrhea. <laughs> now that one, that's interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Next one. Your horse has absorption issues. Thanks, doctor. You think? 
<laughs> uh, the next one is add ground up fossil shells to her feed. Ooh, that one sounds a little dicey. Ooh. Fo- where does one find a fossil shell? Whatever. Yeah. Uh, number one says don't. Next one says don't feed corn. The next. B- remember, lots of people have said don't feed grain. Soak the grain with aloe juice. And then my favorite one. Drum roll, please. The final one. <clears throat> Tube her with buttermilk and fresh poop. No. No, what? I would. I no. That just sounds a little bit too seventeenth century. I mean, what? <laughs> okay, okay. If a horse needs poop, it's going to eat poop. Okay, let's just go with that. But I'm pretty sure. Yeah, technology has come along a little. Like, there's BioSponge. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I think I think there are about seventy eight better options than that particular one. <laughs> Why would you tell somebody to tube their own horse? What, you're going to stick a tube down the nose into the stomach and put buttermilk in there and poop? And how does one mix buttermilk and poop? Like, what's the what's the ration there? Like, is it two to one, one to two? How's that work? How do you get poop down a tube? This is There's, this, I have more questions than answers. Yeah, this is, this is how it's going to go. The next harebrained idea I have, you both have to tell me no. No, no. That's what I have to say about it. <laughs> There we go. And that's bad advice for horse people by horse people. We're You're so welcome. good at that. Thank you, everybody, for giving crazy, bizarre, uh, questionable, and sometimes nice advice because it creates great entertainment here on the Horses in the Morning Show. Yes. Yes. Remember, Mondays is Equestrian First of All Problems. This day on Wednesdays, I like to do bad advice for horse people. And on Fridays, I really need some teenage social media drama. I'm really missing it. So you guys, if you see it, I don't surf enough teenage social media sites. So if you have a maybe a child that does or you are a, ch- oh, a teenager that listens to the show, come on. Come on. That's you got to right. have something. Good. Help us out. Help, Help us, us out. out. Yeah. Come on. Well, coming up. All right. Yeah, go ahead. Coming up. Next week, as many of you know, regular listeners, I'm going to be making a road trip to Road to the Horse in Lexington, Kentucky. And uh, our song is brought to you by our live broadcasts from Road to the Horse. So March 23rd and 24th, our regular Horses in the Morning show is going to be coming to you from Lexington, Kentucky. Brought to us by Horseware. And it's brought to you by Horseware. And then on the final day, the 25th, the final round, which freaking lasts the entire freaking day, we're going to give you live play-by-play the entire day. And I just read the schedule today. They have four clinicians, four competitors, and each competitor has two horses. So that's eight horses that you have to watch every day. Oh my gosh, that makes it better though because it's longer. I mean, you're not spending all that money just to sit there for a couple of hours. It's like awesome. Yeah, Sucks because for when you. you buy a ticket to Road to the Horse, you get a ticket for the whole weekend. You don't buy a day ticket. But you are, you are getting your money's worth because you've got four different people from very different backgrounds. We've got an Australian, a Canadian, an American, and a New Zealander. Is she New Zealand or Australia? I'm sorry, Vicki Wilson, if I've got that wrong. So they're very different folks but uh yeah it's gonna be really exciting and horseware is bringing us that coverage along with a little help from the folks at cashel who make the awesome fly masks so if you want more information just go to road to the horse.com and you can get tickets you can see the information you can see pictures of the horses in the bermuda etc 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 
Come on, let's play our song. And we're going to play the song. And the song is called Find Your Way. And again, this is inspired by my impending road trip. Spread your wings and fly Jump into the sky For the very first time You're gonna leave your sorrows behind As long as you stand on your feet No one else can pull you down Cause you are stronger than you know Even when you feel alone As long as the sun rises every day Listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network. That is Fleur Magali, and uh, she's at floormagali.com. You're listening to Horses in the Morning brought to you today by horselovers.com. And we're going to talk to Sally from Heels Down Magazine 
oh my gosh, she's got a spread of Nick Roldan that'll just make you crazy. But <clears throat> we're going to talk to her coming up. And uh, we've got a list right now. Speaking of Jen making a drive all the way up to Lexington, Kentucky, this is a list from Horse Nation. And it's six things only equestrians do when they're driving. Okay. And this is something that number one is, is everybody does. And, and if you are traveling with a horse person and you are, or, or sorry, you're, you're not a horse person and you're traveling with a horse person, you always have to yell this out. <laughs> this is what happens to me. People always go, Hey, look, 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 there's horses, there's horses. And this is number one crane one's neck in order to inspect horses grazing off the highway or Oh, man, would be cool. You can see an outdoor arena full of riders or even jumps or a really nice fence. Fence. You're like, oh, my God, look at that. I, I driving. <laughs> yep. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All the nice horse farms along the way are the are the landmarks. Yes, that's true. I, I but I, if I ride in the car with my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, they'll be like, hey, Jamie, there's horses over there. I'm like, yeah, I, that's OK. I That's fine. I, it's a, it's a, what, is that something that it, does it look like one of the ones you'd have? <laughs> no, that's a miniature pony horse. And I don't have those. Oh my God. It's so cute. Okay. Number two crane one's neck again. Well, Oh, this one I'm definitely guilty. This is a well, hazard here in Ocala. Serious hazard. Bad. Trying to sneak a peek into somebody else's trailer. Oh my gosh. I'm always doing that. I'm, and not only my nosy, I'm like, are they tacked up? Are they tied up? What's going on? Is it safe? Do they look healthy? Do they look happy? What, you know, what kind of horse is it? Where do I think they're going? What type of event are they going to? Or yeah. are they just kind of riding around? You know what I mean? Like, do you mm -hmm. do that too? Oh gosh, yes. My favorite one is you try to read the print on the side of the truck or the horse trailer or get some, get a really good look at the horse's face because it's going to be somebody famous. We know here in Ocala, it's going to be somebody famous. Oh my gosh, is that Philip Dutton driving down the road? Yeah, we do that. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it, this one too, if you, if you try to, like, I, I have the eventing bump, bumper stickers. And oh my God, if you see somebody with a similar bumper sticker, like a horsey bumper sticker that you agree with. I mean, if I see somebody with a Tennessee walking horse bumper sticker, I'm not going to be like, hey. But if I see somebody with like an eventing bumper sticker, I will pull up next to them and honk and like wave. <laughs> <laughs> But do not, please do not do this. Do not honk if you're behind them because you'll freak them out and they're going to think something has gone wrong. Yeah. Especially if they're pulling a trailer. Yeah. Oh my God. Somebody honks at me. I'll pull over. Um, none this is something else. If you're looking out the window while you're driving and you look for things, you could potentially jump. Now my, uh, people down the street are cutting like clearing property and there's so many beautiful potential log jumps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Chad, can we have this one? He's like, I can't get a 600 pound log onto our property. Oh, it's that was not gonna awful. Happen. After the hurricane, all those trees that got thrown away. It was awful. Oh, uh, so awful. sorry. Uh, number five is pat your car and tell him that he or she is a good car. Guilty. Yep. I used to pat the dashboard of my truck and be like, you're such a good truck. Because if you praise them, they'll keep going for you. Yes. Everybody knows that. When you're trying to wean your car off gasoline, do that. It gives you a couple <laughs> extra miles. And obviously all horse people do this one. Lean forward when driving up hills, cluck at drivers that are going too slow or whoa, when you know, you need to slam on the brakes. Ho. <laughs> and I do the mommy seatbelt for the dog and the it's in the passenger seat. You know, your arm goes out like, whoa, 
Yeah. You got to save the dog. I, I do that for all the <laughs> junk that's in the passenger seat. Yep. Whoa. Oh, that too. that's a horse chick right there. Yep. <laughs> I don't want my bottle of my Diet Coke to fly down in the floorboard. Um, all right. Well, we've got Sally on the line now. Sally from uh, Heels Down Magazine. Hey, Sally. Hey, guys. How are you? Fantastic. And uh, how are things down at Heels Down? Oh, they're awesome. We are gearing up for uh, what I like to call not Rolex. And so we have it coming up next month, which is super scary because I feel like I haven't really planned for it. I don't know. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. It's um, definitely a busy time of year, but we're super excited. We've got a really exciting issue this month and we've got a super exciting issue next month. So um, if you haven't subscribed yet, you are totally missing out. So Heels Down is an online magazine, but so where are you in the, in the world right now? I am always curious. So I'm like somewhere different every time I talk to you guys, I feel okay. like, because I live in California. Um, I know one time recently when I was talking to you, I was at Ada in Pennsylvania. <laughs> um, and actually right. now I'm in Kansas city, which is where I'm from. Well, I'm from Missouri. Um, I'm a bridesmaid in one of my girlfriend's weddings. So we are wedding planning central here as well, which is, Oh, wow. So it's not, not the wedding really this weekend, speed, but no, well, I do have a wedding this weekend. That's a different one. <laughs> oh my so. gosh. I, so is the person you're planning with, is she a horse chick? She is a horse chick, which makes it really nice because I threw her a bridal shower on Sunday and we could talk about horses because there were horse people. <laughs> you mean like, you didn't have to just talk about impending babies? Like, <laughs> like I was, we were sitting there talking and I legitimately stopped and was like, what do people that don't have horses talk about babies. <laughs> like at a bridal shower? And they're babies. like, I mean, like husbands and babies. And I was like, oh, okay. That's like normal person conversation. So, cause like, that's, I don't know what to talk about in those conversations. I become, Girl, really weird. I, I know. And so I'll go to these air forces, military functions and all the women talk about babies and, and I don't get to talk about horses and you will be amazed as you go through life, how, when people have babies, they want to tell you, especially if you're pregnant, all about them having the baby. And, and that's a story that people, my mom's like, oh, let me tell you my birth story. And I'm like, I have heard your birth story. I was there. Like I, don't need to like, hear it I experienced it myself. Yeah. I, I was, I came out. That was me. That was me who was your birth story. So I don't need to hear. But like, it's crazy how baby people, like people that have babies want to tell you about having their baby. And I had a baby and I don't want to relive that no, at all. I don't, I can't imagine that you would want to. I mean, I don't speak from experience, but I just don't feel like it's something you would want to tell the story over and over again. But maybe, maybe so. I don't know. Maybe you know I'll have what, like a though? really cool birth story. No, there's no cool birth story. A baby <laughs> comes out of your hoo-ha, just not cool. It's gross. Nothing and about this is cool. <laughs> nothing about it. I remember they were like, do you want a mirror? And I was like, are you effing kidding me right now? That's the worst, most disgust. And by the way, I had a Philly last year, a year ago, and I was all up in that. I was all up in it. Give yeah, me that. That bang. doesn't bother me at all. Right? Like, <laughs> human blood or human like nastiness is like. And then horses or dogs or animals, like I, I, I don't, I won't tell you all the things that I've done that are questionable, but like, I, it doesn't bother me. Like, oh my it's, God. it's just weird. How exciting is an abscess when you finally pop it? I mean, oh, that's like the most satisfying God. horse thing ever. And you're like, like, Oh yes, I got the plus. Just, if that was a job, if I could just be an abscess popper, I would just, <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> like you have this giant abscess and you're like, oh, you better call Sally. She'll come take care of that. Like <laughs> I would totally do that. Oh my God. It's like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> How did we get here? I don't um, really know. <laughs> we started with Kentucky and then we ended up on abscesses. So I don't know yeah. if that's indication of anything or not. It's all good. It's all good. Well, <laughs> let's, let's move from abscesses to the completely 1 million percent opposite end of the spectrum. And let's talk about undeniable hotness. Oh, that yeah. is Nick Roldan. I knew you would appreciate it. I was like, I've got to talk to Jamie about this. Like it's okay. So I wasn't there for the photo shoot. Um, I'm really sad about this. So he's down Wait, in Wellington. You guys did this. This were not like stock photos. Like no, one no, of you. These are employees. our original photos. Yeah. So we have a photographer. Her name's Mackenzie. She's she's Canadian. <clears throat> she's amazing. Um, so she does a lot of our cover shoots and a lot of our photography in general. So um, Nick Roldan was actually, I, I'm not sure exactly how it got set up because it was in the works for a while. And so, you know, they were able to go down to his farm in Wellington and like, spray water on him and make him sweaty. And I mean, like, I can't imagine a better. Day. <laughs> okay. Like, okay. Just can't. So, so when, when we see pictures of Nick Roldan, typically he is on a horse, he's wearing a helmet and he's like in the midst of a gallop and he's turning left, you know, or something like right. you can see like the side of his face. This is for real. All right. So let me, how do you, how do you do? So I'm the photographer and I'm like, okay, Nick, here's what I'm going to, here's what I'm going to need you to do. We're going to set you up in the barn aisle. Okay. And what we're going to do is we're going to have you work out. And then <laughs> while you're working out in front of us, like in front of me, let me just pretend it's me. I'm going to have you work out. And while you're working out, I want you to send me smoldering looks and I'm going <laughs> to photograph you. Isn't that well, the thing ever? <laughs> While you're working out and the more you could jump around and get sweaty, but like stare into my soul, that would be good. That's great. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. I'm going to sit here and just, you just go, I'll just be here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my God. Well, and what's funny is that, so apparently when like, so we have kettleballs that we did for props and I don't know how much they weighed. <clears throat> but I guess that the girl, Patricia, our editor, or I'm sorry, our president, and then Mackenzie went to get the kettlebells for the props. And then they went to Dick's Sporting Goods to go get this. And I guess they had to go down a weight for the kettlebells and get the smaller ones because they couldn't lift the right ones off the shelf. <laughs> so he was probably <laughs> like, these are paper. I don't, they, I don't know how much they weighed. They might've been like 10 pounds. I don't know. But he was probably like, these are extremely light so it was just it's just oh my funny. god they're tiny you're right I know, they're really small <laughs> <laughs> so it's just funny because you know the whole concept of this shoot and a lot of the shoots that we end up doing like I'm sure you've seen the Laney Ashker or the Boyd Martin covers that we've done um you know the thing that we really have enjoyed doing is is getting these writers out of their their element and and the pictures that we normally see of them are these badass pictures of them on a horse and their riding clothes. And there's, those are awesome photos. I mean, don't get me wrong, but how else, you know, we kind of almost make it more human, I think, you know, and, um, you know, Nick Roldan, that's not something you're really going to see is him working out. You know, I mean, I know he does a lot of fitness stuff, but you know, you're not going to see Nick Roldan working out and doing lunges with five pound kettleballs just anywhere. Okay. <laughs> Maybe seven pounds. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's very cool. Very good pictures. Very good article. It talks about just like, just kind of the stuff you would never 
you would you just don't read this stuff. You just don't yeah. read like what he does. What it? Wh- hey, you're super hot. What do you eat? Like <laughs> you know, I, it, it, yeah, it's 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 different. Um, yeah. You know, it's something that you would almost read in like a men's fitness article or something because it's it's not all about the horses. And, and yes, that's obviously what we do is we're all about the horses. But there's so much of these people's lives that go into that and the fitness and and I mean just putting these people on the cover that in in an element that isn't necessarily screaming horses is I think it's cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, just talking about the fitness aspect, what he eats, his nutrition, you know, how he uses his five pound kettleballs, um, you know, it's all <laughs> something we can relate to because, um, you know, it's, it's important for, for riders to be fit. And so I think that's something that is a conversation that needs to be had for sure. And just so you guys know, there is a picture of him galloping, riding a bolo horse. So you do get to see horses yeah, in the article. But then you yeah. also get like the picture and you can literally see the sweat like dropping off his face. So, I mean, you have like that and then you have the other extreme. So, I mean, there's really, you know, we just captured Nick in all of his essence, which is fantastic. And I'm, I'm still just really upset. I wasn't at the photo shoot because dude, that's, yeah, that's, like, that's really, it's rude. Yeah. Really. I mean, it's, you should be in charge of this. I mean, I really should. Like, I'm glad that we're doing this in a public forum because now people will hear this and maybe I'll get like a petition going that I should be able to go to these things. Um, yeah. And, you know, it brings flavor when I go. We work hard as a team on Wednesdays. <laughs> so I feel, Sally, that you and I need to travel more and get connected and do things like this together. Well, with people like Nick Roldan, like, you know, it's, it's going to be a very exclusive client list that we have. Like, I feel um, like obviously shots and stuff. So obviously, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, what then, then we, we, we <laughs> flip from that to a serious topic and it is a talk, uh, about concussions. Yeah. So, so then, I mean, that's the thing is you get hotness and then you get like some legit information. Right. So down. then we're like, okay, like tone it down for a second here. Um, you know, so this is also another subject that has been really near and dear to us because, um, <clears throat> concussions are something that have been a topic of conversation in, in multiple sports, you know, football has been very vocal and loud about it. And, um, it's something that's definitely a risk, a very high risk and a very common occurrence with all horse sports. So, you know, what we started doing this month is we started reaching out to people that had shared their concussion stories and and what it's like coming back from something like that. And it's, it's not easy and it is something that should be taken seriously. So, um, again, we kind of, we did a photo shoot for this as well, just to have to, to kind of give it the right tone and effect. And you can see like the, the shadows over the helmet and the black and white, it's very dramatic feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we really wanted to kind of you know, almost catch the eye with the pictures and, and draw you in and say like, look, this is a serious subject and this is this person's story. And, um, we want to share it because we want, we want people to be more educated about it. So, <clears throat> so talk to us about, um, who you use Shalane Kozak. Am I saying yes. her name right? Yes. Okay. So she it was a 20 something advanced event writer and had a head injury. I don't know much about that. Can you tell us about her, what she kind of went through? So she was going, um, this was quite a long, I think it was like night in the night in 1995, it says, um, in the article and she was coming down, she was going advanced in Virginia on cross country. Um, and she had a downhill fence that was like a, a vertical, 
on a downhill spot. And I mean, it's something that, I mean, she even said that this is the type of jump that would be absolutely illegal now. So just imagine like this big solid fence on a downhill approach. Um, you know, so she, she basically flipped over it and, and rolled down the hill. And, um, you know, that's when she kind of felt fuzzy and I think she might've gotten knocked out and, um, actually had a hairline fracture in her skull. So, you know, this was 1995, which really wasn't that long ago, but at the same time, things were a lot different. And, um, you know, I believe you could still get on at that level after you fell off and, and keep going. Um, now I don't know that she did, but she didn't go to the doctor right away. It wasn't like, you know, the NFL has per, uh, concussion protocol where you have to immediately go to the sideline, which that's another subject, but anyway, um, you know, you, they don't pay attention to it as much back then. So, you know, this was something that was very severe and her memories affected her vision was affected. Um, you know, it's, it's something that has still affected her. So, um, you know, it's not something that is, you know, there's, there's varying degrees of severity and there's varying degrees of, of what happens afterwards, but it's, it's really about the proper diagnosis, I think was the main point of this article and, and going to get it looked at no matter how insignificant you think it might be. So. It's interesting to, to read in here and, and to get somebody's perspective. She says that, you know, basically her personality changed mm -hmm. because of this head injury. She said, yeah. it's hard to explain. I guess I've become more detached. I feel like I look at things sideways now instead of being more emotional. And mm -hmm. she says that people pretty much dismiss her now as a bitch. She's yep. like, I'm used to it, but people call me bitch. It's just the way that it is because of this TBI, the traumatic brain injury. Mm -hmm. um, so did, is she back to normal or is it still following her? I mean, I think it still follows her. I think she's definitely still active. I mean, she's very well known in the eventing community. Um, you know, a lot of people admire her for what she has accomplished and, you know, everything that she's she's done to kind of raise awareness. But yeah, she still rides. She just said she's very selective about um, you know, who she rides and in what situation and that her safety is very important to her now. And it's something that a lot of us, especially eventers like Jamie, you know, you event, like we're not necessarily people that are going to be like, you know, I should probably take some time off. Like we're, that's not, that's not something that happens to us. So, right. um, you know, for her, I can only imagine how much of a, a change that was, um, to, tr to be more aware is what she says. I'm much more aware now mm -hmm. about her safety. <clears throat> yeah, so, um, absolutely. it's an interesting story. You know, it's, it's, um, it's devastating to have to go through something like that and have to deal with it for the rest of your life. Um, and it's good that a lot of these helmet companies are starting to really, you know, buckle down on the research, just like all the other, you know, I hate to bring up football again, but just like, you know, all the NFL helmet companies and all the other helmet companies are starting to do. So, <clears throat> you know, I think it's always something that we're going to need to improve for sure. Well, I remember growing up, you know, it was the mentality. I mean, I'm from the South and it was, you play football, like boys play football. That's mm -hmm. what boys do. And I have a boy and I'll be damned if he's going to play football. No way. Like Isn't that weird. So, you know, my boyfriend played football in high school and, and, you know, the NFL has gotten very rigorous on concussion protocol. And I think it's a good thing. Um, and, you know, and they have, they have changed the way that you can hit somebody with your head. And so my boyfriend, Kyle, we always watch football games together because we're, we're big fans. And, um, you know, he always makes comments and he's like, you know, when we were younger, we were taught to lead with our head and we were taught to make helmet to helmet contact. And we were taught to do that. And he's like, I think a lot of these kids might still even be learning that. So it's hard for them to adjust. And I'm like, I mean, football has always been a very physical sport. And it's like, how do you teach a completely different way of making a tackle that 
is something that's been done for years and years and years. So, um, you know, it changes hard. It's really hard. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for bringing us all of this information. Where can people go and get this magazine and how can they do it? Tell us all that. So Heelstone Magazine is all digital, which is awesome because we're all on our phones all day long. So why not read some cool stories about horses? And there's everything from writing advice to contests and giveaways, uh, writer profiles, writing exercises, everything you can possibly imagine. So you can download the free Heels Down Magazine app in your iTunes or Google Play Store for your tablet or phone. Um, or you can visit heelsdownmag.com. There's a banner ad that you can click um, to download the issues from there as well. So, um, definitely keep up with us. We've got a huge amount of awesome content coming your way. So we can't wait for you to see it. Fantastic. Everybody check it out. And, uh, I mean, that's the technology. Now you guys are saving trees. We are save the rainforest. Like, I mean, in all seriousness though, that it is awesome. And, And it's something that I think is, uh, beneficial. And again, we all are on our phones anyway. So why waste paper? Exactly. Amen, sister. All right. Thanks, Sally. Talk to you next week. Thanks, Jamie. Bye. Bye. The Opium Equation is the first of the Cat and Wright mystery series written by Lisa Wysocki. It features Cat and Wright, a Tennessee Appaloosa horse trainer, Darcy Whitcomb, teenager with a trust fund, Bubba Henley, a budding juvenile delinquent, and John Gardner, a mysterious barn manager. And of course, there's Sally Blue. Thank you to the publisher, Cool Titles, for allowing us to read this book. If you want to read ahead, all four books in the series are available in stores and online everywhere or at lisawysaki.com. All right, Jen. So, Jen, Jen, just so you know, last time, and I'm reminding everybody that the last sentence of the first part of Chapter 22 said, she might have eventually, but... She suffocated on all that blood first. Ah! And then I was like, oh, part two next week. So here we go. Chapter 22, part two. Oh, my God. How awful. I couldn't imagine the horror of Glenda's death. As much as I disliked her, I wouldn't wish that kind of abuse on anybody. Then I realized that late Monday afternoon was when I had pounded on her door. If I hadn't slipped on Bubba's cap and had gone off to look for him, and I would have gone around to Glenda's back door, what? it could have been open then as it was the next morning. And if it happened that way, then maybe I would have found Glenda alive. Maybe even she could have been saved. My mind was swimming with the possibilities. I mentioned things, my thoughts to the deputy, but he just shook his head. Don't go playing what if, that won't get you nowhere. From what I can tell in the medical report, even though she might technically have been alive late that afternoon, her brain was toast. She wouldn't have made it even if you found her at 2 o'clock. Thing is, Ms. Cat, he continued, bringing us both back to more productive thought, we haven't let the report from the medical examiner's, examiner's office out to anyone. So, how did Griggs know? You think he's been talking to your psychic horse? That's a joke, right, deputy? Ha ha. You know, uh, I know Robert's kind of strange, but I don't see him involved in this. He cocked his head. Maybe, maybe not. By the way, whoever bashed the lady was right-handed, and you are a lefty. He glanced over, and I noticed there was another slight lift at one corner of his mouth. Another smile. My heart gave a leap of relief. In addition to that, he said, it rules Bubba out as well. Bubba's right-handed, and the medical examiner determined he probably wasn't big enough or tall enough to get this job done. No, we're looking at a right-handed adult here. And about Griggs, well, I think he's a talkative drunk who knows more than he's told us, but we're going to hold him as long as we can. 
But how did Robert know? That Ms. Cat, I don't know. It's precisely the reason we're holding him, so he can tell us. He glanced at me again. Just between you and me and the fence post, I'm having a heck of a time trying to figure it all out. You got time to take a little drive? My brother says it clears ahead. Considering the dismal scene we had just left, I thought a drive definitely was in order. We passed through Fairview, turned north on Highway 96, east on I-40, and took the Kingston Springs exit. But instead of turning right at the T towards Highway 70 and Sam's Creek Road, which would bring us back to River Road, we turned left and drove past the the block-long area that passes for downtown Kingston Springs. Then we took another left and head into a wooded area. After a while, the reason for the drive became clear. The deputy wanted someone to bounce his ideas to. Someone who would not dismiss his ideas without thoroughly considering them. Someone, well, kind of like me. I was flattered. In several ways, I was beginning to appreciate the slow-moving, quick-thinking deputy. The deputy was too young for me, but if his brother was anything like him, I just might give it a go. Maybe. All right, he said, holding up his hand. We know the lady left her barn at about 1045 Monday morning. We think she went directly home. No one admits to seeing her after she left the barn. So let's say she did go home. She's inside. The front door's locked, or so you say. I nodded in agreement. That means the killer was either in the house waiting for her when she got back, or she let him in and locked the door after. We think he left via the rear door, the door you found open. My insides tell me she knew the guy. I'd thought that all along. Glenda was not the type to let strangers into her house. She never scheduled an appliance to be serviced or chimney to be cleaned unless Cindy Lou was there to deal with it. In fact, Glenda was not even likely to even let her friends into the house unless they had an appointment. I told him about Glenda's call to Buffy just before noon. And Bubba was seen, I added, by Frog at noon right outside the house. That reminds me, he said. I checked up on that Frog character and turns out he was the one that broke into Fairbanks. Said he was looking for Bubba, but I think he just wanted to see all the gory details for himself. I'm not charging him with nothing, at least not yet. He may have more to tell. On the other hand, he may be like the rest of his family and turn out to be as useful as the goose pee I used to find on my granny's pump handle. Deputy Giles pulled the car into a wide spot in the road, stopped, and killed the engine. To our left, a picnic table perched precariously on a wide ledge of scaly rock. Beyond the rock was a breathtaking view of stony cliffs and tall pine trees. I saw that a dozen or so industrial sawhorses cordoned off the rock slab. The sawhorses were all chained together and several were screwed into the ground. Lover's leap, said the deputy. Ever been here? I shook my head as we got out, passed between the wooden barriers and sat down at the picnic table. Usual story. Young lovers come here for privacy, a romantic view. The guy somehow falls over the ledge. It's 174 feet to the bottom, a bunch of rock ledges along the way. He didn't make it, of course, so the girl wrote a note, pinned it to that tree over there. He indicated where a sturdy oak was with a nod of his head. She threw herself off. They were both only 16. Happened in the 20s. I asked about the sawhorse barriers, and the deputy quirked his mouth in a smile. Got so high school kids would drive up here and dare each other to see who drive closest to the ledge. One kid came so close to the end of the ledge, broke off. Took him in the car with it. That was in the 50s. Big, heavy car. Then, there have been a few over the years that come up to party. The guys get themselves full of beer and go to the ledge to pee. Over the years, three or four of them lost their balance and took a quick trip to the bottom. He looked out at the peaceful view. The lady might even be glad to see the guy who killed her, assuming she knew him or her. He said, switching mental gears with ease. I struggled to keep up. Assuming he's a he, why did he want to kill her, I ask. 
If we can figure out the why, maybe the who will follow. Martin looked at me. He seemed to be taking my thoughts quite seriously. Think now, I said. Who would want to kill Glenda Dupree? It's probably somebody that you made incredibly angry. Of course, that includes everyone in the riding class in at least half the county. Or maybe it was someone she had dirt on or a piece of information that would destroy a life if it got out. Maybe it was information she stumbled across, something she didn't set out to find, but she did. And she told whomever it was that she knew. So they killed her. He nodded. Could be, but she left out a big piece. Bubba Henley. What happened to Bubba? The murder weapon, the twitch was his. It was covered with his clean, unsmudged prints. There are no other prints on it. You do realize it's all tied together and Bubba somehow's mixed up in this. A lightning bolt flashed through my head. No other prints? None. No blood? A few drops in the far end, but it was enough for us to know the blood belonged to the lady. But, I said slowly, my mind racing, I grabbed the twitch away from Bubba that morning. I remember it feeling cold. I'd left my gloves in the truck. Shouldn't my prints have been on there too, along with quite a bit of blood? Bubba's cap was covered in blood, and that fireplace mantle was literally streaked with it. He frowned. You're right. You can thank the good Lord there wasn't a trace of your prints, though. Left-handed or not, Burns never would have let that slide. You'd be eating off the county by now. But listen, deputy, if there's no blood to speak of and Bubba's fingerprints are on the twitch and no one else's are on there, why, there's only one way that could happen. The deputy stared at me. If the prints were placed on the twitch after it was used to bash in the lady's head. Right, I said. The twitch was wiped clean and then given to Bubba to handle. Whomever wiped the twitch must have missed a few drops of blood on the end. Either that or some blood was intentionally left there. He nodded. But still look trouble. As far as it goes, it's reasonable. But it ain't enough. There's too many blanks to fill in. What about the society lady killer? The one who killed those women in Springfield and Dixon? No go. That guy was picked up on drunk and disorderly in Arrington Sunday night. They had some good evidence and he confessed. He claimed the women that women were aliens from the planet Jupiter and he was protecting the world by killing them. I know you're too busy to watch TV, but it's been on the news. Hmm. So it all goes back to Bubba, who saw that Glenda had pissed. Who, so it all goes back to who Bubba saw that Glenda had pissed off. The deputy frowned. Say that again. <laughs> I had to. It's funny. Deputy, didn't you advise me to keep my nose out of events that don't concern me? His mouth quirked again. I did several times, but not until this case is over and done with. So say it again. That was another quality I found myself liking about Martin Giles. He wasn't insecure. He didn't care where ideas came from and who did the work. He just cared that the job got done. He was a hard worker, but not above realizing that others could work hard too. Okay, I said, someone killed Glenda. Then, bad luck. Bubba shows up. Maybe he was there when the murderer arrived and the killer didn't know it. Maybe Bubba was heading over to my house for lunch, heard a noise, and went in to check it out. Or maybe Bubba saw someone leaving Glenda's house. In any case, the killer saw him. Now, that would be inconvenient for the killer, don't you think, to have Bubba see him or her? So then, the only solution, as far as the killer can see, is to get rid of Bubba and rig the evidence to show that Bubba mur murdered Glenda. The deputy sighed and stood up. I followed him to the car. The only words the deputy spoke all the way home, back to town were... Not a bad thought at all, at least not a bad thought for a rookie. We passed Verna Mays and he dropped me at the service station. Thanks for the lift, I said, and got out. Deputy Giles nodded and pulled away, a puzzled look on his face. 
I'd been turning several ideas over in my mind during the ride back to town, and apparently the deputy had too. I hadn't been comfortable with the idea that Bubba had done something awful to Glenda. I thought about it much more probable that Glenda's murderer had done something awful to Bubba. He'd gone from suspect to victim, and between the two, I realized that I liked the second possibility a whole lot less. If you're found guilty of murder, at least you have a chance to redeem yourself, to turn your life around. Even if the rest of your life is spent in a jail cell, you have a chance. But if you're found dead, you have no chance. Bubba was still very much a kid. And I was uh, starting to be very afraid that Bubba was a kid who was very, very dead. That thought made me mad. Every child needs a chance. My grandma had given mine to me. Bubba deserved the same. In addition, if Bubba was dead, I was sure Sheriff Big Jim would try to hang another murder charge on me. I walked into the service station to find that my truck's vital organs lay in pieces on the floor. There had been other damage in addition to the oil pan and parts wouldn't arrive until the next day. Gooseberry was costing me a lot of money. Maybe I should call that lawyer after all, but not now. Torn between calling John and a nice hot lunch at Verner Mays, the thought of deep fried chicken, cornbread, and sweet potato pie... One, hands down. 